0: Welcome to Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Have you ever been lost? You may have taken a wrong turn and got off trail soon night falls and you don't have any light to help guide you let's face it on any given day we encounter more darkness than we do truth but god is whispering to us all the time telling us which way to go but sometimes the the outside or the internal voices they fill our heads but god does more than just whisper to us he gives us light His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God loves us so much, he provides a way. His word, only his word is our lamplight. Won't you follow? Ten thousand. It's a pretty big number when you stop to think about it. It can also be a life-changing number. And what am I referring to? Well, if you think I'm referring to dollars, then you're probably pretty busy right now thinking about how you could spend $10,000 on Amazon when you get home. And if you're a giving kind of a person, you might be thinking about how you could creatively give $10,000 away. And if you think I'm referring to travel miles... Then you might be thinking about how you could add those miles to the miles you've already accumulated in order to put your feet in the sand this coming January or February somewhere down south. And if you think I'm referring to years, well, then you might be thinking about heaven and how 10,000 years there will be but a blip on the screen of her year's there in eternity. 10,000. And what am I referring to? Well, if you're wearing an Apple watch or maybe a Fitbit, you knew the answer to my question right away. I'm referring to steps. And as many people know, I mean, fitness tracking companies, they tell us that if you want to be healthy, it's really important that you walk about 10,000 steps every single day. Now, for those who don't do that, that's about five miles traveled on foot every single day. And while people sometimes think, well, that number, 10,000, is rooted in science, in reality, many in the science world tell us that not everyone should actually walk 10,000 steps every day. It all depends upon your age, your weight, and other factors. And yet these are not necessarily the kind of steps that I'm talking about. You see, every single person here, whether you're online or in this place, you took a short series of steps the very moment I mentioned the number 10,000 that's right, each of you came to a certain conclusion in your mind which initiated a short journey of thoughts that either led you way off course or took you closer to the mark. And that brings us to yet another larger number, 35,000. Experts tell us that the average adult, are you, the, are you an average adult? If you are, then the average adult makes about 35,000 decisions every single day. Did you have any idea that your mind was that busy? <laughs> Many of us don't, right? In addition to deciding, you know, what to wear, what tasks to accomplish, who to engage with socially, how much to save, how much to spend, when to call your mother, you know, how to guide your children, and if you really want to go eat at Skyline, uh, you know, there are even bigger decisions or steps we make every single day that determine the very course of our lives. And this takes us to a much smaller number that every single person should contemplate, the number two. Two. That's right. There are two choices you and I make every single day. It doesn't matter if we're aware of them or not. It's why scripture says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So when it comes to our thoughts, Jesus refers to two choices or steps then that we make based on our thoughts every single day that either take us down the narrow path or the wide path. Jesus said it this way, he says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. The Old Testament tells it this way. He says, as a person thinks in their heart, so he or she is. So think about it this way. Our thoughts are like steps. Each step is a choice, and the culmination of our steps defines our life. That's why A.W. Tozer said, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So what are you thinking about God? God. Because in contrast, many people in our culture embrace other thoughts, other choices, especially in light of the culture in which we live. In fact, our culture deifies moral relativism, that truth is based on variables such as our culture, one's feelings, or one's experience. So truth just isn't truth, right? It's, it's, it's dependent upon other things. That's what culture says. It also deifies situational ethics, That the morality of an act is determined by its context. Something isn't moral or immoral, it all depends, is what our culture says. It also deifies subjectivism, that there is no truth outside of one's own personal experience. So based on your personal experience, that then defines the truth. And this is being preached to us every single day in a variety of different ways, and it makes it confusing It really does. When you combine all of that with all the noise and the stress that we face every single day, it can be very difficult to ascertain what our right next step should actually be. And this relates to our marriages, our jobs, our kids, our relationships, our neighbors, our educational life, and most importantly, our walk with God. As one poet put it, I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So how do we choose that path? What does that look like? How do we make a choice that leads to a step that will make all the difference? It's a really important question, because as one author said, he said, as a sinner living with other sinners in a fallen world, you encounter darkness every day. While you may experience Instagram-worthy sunny day picnic lunches, the reality is that life is more of a midnight walk through the woods. On any given day, you probably encounter more darkness than you do truth, both internally and externally. And it's in those moments, friends, when it's hard to identify the right path before us that we desire with everything inside of us to hear God whisper to us, this is the way. Walk in it. The truth, God is whispering all the time. And yet it's often hard for us to hear him because we spend more time listening to a myriad of other voices out there that only make the darkness darker and our choices between these two paths even more confusing. The good news is that God is more than just whispering to us. God longs to light the way for us. You see, God knows that if we're going to move forward, if we're going to make our way without danger and get to where we are meant to go, then we actually need his help. That's so why scripture tells us, and this is our central passage for this series, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Will you say that with me? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As you said those words, I hope you notice a few things. First of all, that God loves you so much that he provides you a light that will help you discern between the wide and the narrow path. He provides it for you every single day. And secondly, God loves you so much that he provides you with not just one light, but two. His word, his revealed truth in scripture serves as both a lamp and a light. And only God's word can do this. Only God's word is our lamplight. And that's why Psalm 105 begins by telling us your word. It's referring to scripture. As Paul would later write, he says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God's word then equips us with what we need for our next step And that means that if we look to scripture to, to guide us before we move, God's will and God's ways will then move within us. Sometimes God's word will teach us. We'll learn something new we've never seen before. I hope we've all experienced that. And other times God's word will rebuke us. We will receive God's sharp disapproval for what we're about to do without him. I think we've experienced that. Other times, God's word will correct us. We will be reminded of what we think is good for us is not what God knows is best for us. And other times, God's word will train us. We will learn to decipher God's wisdom from man's wisdom and God's righteousness from man's selfishness. Only God's word is our lamplight. The problem? Well, the problem is that we often look to other things as a means for lighting our path. Our opinions the opinions of others, our intuition, our desires, our politics, our podcasts, our whatever. Friends, we need God's word as a lamplight to help us deal with everyday situations, to deal with unexpected situations, to deal with difficult situations, to deal with situations where we have been sinned against and we long to lash back. We've all been there. And situations when our hearts want to harden against God and against others. Only God's word is our lamplight. So what's the difference then between these two lights? Because the scripture does say your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What's going on? Well, if you travel to Israel, I've had the opportunity to go there about a half dozen times. It's been amazing. Well, if you went there, you would undoubtedly go to the ancient city of David. It's one of the first places they would take you in Jerusalem. And within this ancient city is found Hezekiah's tunnel. It's a tunnel that was built by King Hezekiah around 701 B.C. It's a tunnel that's cut beneath the city that carries water all the way to the pool of Siloam. You read about that in the Gospels. Here's a picture. Somebody has lit it up inside And you think, well, that's beautiful, and it is, but you often don't get to see it from this vantage point. It ends up flowing, and usually there's water that's a bit deeper, and it will flow and empty out here. If you can take a look at this next image. And it comes out here when the water is high, and this area here is what for many years people thought was the Pool of Siloam. In fact, I actually shot a video here from my last church, and I'm sitting in the Pool of Siloam, and no, I was not, because a couple years later, they discovered that the Pool of Siloam is just beneath this. The water flows from here, goes down into a pool that's like the size of this room. That's the Pool of Siloam. Well, I had a chance to go there for the very first time around 13 or 14 years ago. And since I had never been there before, I had no idea that I actually needed to bring my own flashlight. You see, I was with about 70 other people, and we had, like, we had options. And I wanted to go through Hezekiah's tunnel, but no one wanted to go through Hezekiah's tunnel. And so I went there and uh, found my way, and I didn't realize I needed a flashlight. I'm like, oh man, I came all this way. What am I going to do? And so someone who had a flashlight, I went to them and said, could I go through the tunnel with you by means of your light? And they let me go in. And so I went in first, into the darkness, into all the water. And then they came after me. It takes about 20 or 25 minutes to walk through this tunnel. And again, the water usually is about knee deep or higher all the way through. Well, we're walking and kind of exploring, right? And after about 10 minutes, the person behind me with a flashlight noticed something they wanted to check out a little bit more in detail. So they turned around and went back. And suddenly, I'm standing there frozen, frozen. I gotta tell you what, so dark you cannot even see the hand in front of your face. And I stood there for what felt like a couple minutes, maybe two minutes, I couldn't move. You see, what I needed at that moment was what the Old Testament refers to as a lamp. A lamp. A small clay lantern with a solitary wick. And here's what a lamp back then would look like, something like that. You'll notice that one solitary wick. Well, a lamp's light is limited in scope. I mean, it provides light, but only enough light for you to take your next step safely. So this indicates that as a lamp, God's word gives us the direction we need, not all at once, but just enough for the next moment, just enough for that next step. And scripture tells us, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that's why it would be really wise for us to carry God's lamp with us wherever we go. And while God does not fully reveal the fullness of our future by the lamp he provides for us, the lamp will take us step by step into the future God holds for us. You see, unfortunately, I was a lot, like a lot of modern day Christians as I walked through Hezekiah's tunnel. I was unprepared for the journey, and I relied upon someone else to light my way. A friend of mine recently wrote me, and they called a Christian who lives like that a Christian who embraces kind of a horizontal faith. He said, people often look to other people to tell them what to believe and how to walk. Don't get me wrong. Other Christians are meant to be reflections of Jesus. But over and over again, I find that those who have horizontal faith struggle because they have no vertical faith. Our view of God, the church, other Christians, the world, and everything else will be clearest only if we begin with the vertical and let it flow out horizontally. And so, while God may have blessed us with wonderful friends and family who are godly and righteous, the truth is they cannot walk with us through every step of our journey. It's up to us to take the lamp of God's truth with us wherever we go. And again, the lamp not only provides enough light for you to take your next step, it also teaches us how to take that next step. Listen now to the word of the Lord. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. So think about the lamp as the light of God's wisdom. It helps you to see that next step and know how to take that next step. And that's because God's word will teach you, right? You're going to learn something you've never seen before. It will help you take that next step. It will rebuke you. You receive God's sharp disapproval for what you're about to do without him, In that sense is going to keep you from taking the step you're going to take. It will correct you. You'll be reminded that what you think is good for you is not what God knows is best for you. And so instead of stepping to the left, you're going to go to his right, and it will train you. You will learn to decipher God's wisdom from man's wisdom and God's righteousness from man's selfishness. Last summer, Carol and I went to Glacier National Park, and I gotta tell you what, if you can get that on your bucket list, go. It's one of the most beautiful parks I've ever seen. But in order to actually see it, you gotta get out of your car. You gotta get out of your car. You gotta hike. That's what you gotta do. You gotta walk up the mountain. And what that meant for us, and we discovered, is many times the the paths were very narrow, and we had to follow the signs that were there. Sometimes we needed to walk very loudly. You know, to create noise, so hopefully the grizzly bear right around the corner would like walk away before we get there. And at some times you got to walk kind of quietly and cautiously. As the Old Testament tells us, the teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple understand. You see, I was a simple hiker. I had skied down many mountains so far in my life, but I've never really hiked up one. So I was a simple hiker. I actually had hiking poles with me that I had never used before. And I was wearing hiking shoes that were not yet broken in because I'd never worn them before. I was green. And the same greenness sometimes holds true for me in my spiritual walk as well. The good news is that God's word teaches even simple Christians like you and like me. But here's the thing. Even though God's word is incredibly reliable, isn't it amazing how often we as Christians make important decisions for our lives? And some take their next step without considering what God might actually have to say about it. Rather than follow his good instruction, they hike with no map or compass, asking others for directions to the next trailhead. And in doing so, if they twist their ankle, if they stumble and fall, their response is they shake their fist at God and blame him for the outcome. Others, they take their next step and then expect God to bless their next step. Because after all, it was their next step. So I move, God, you bless it. And so when things go well, they attribute the results to their high spiritual standing. And when things go badly, they question God's faithfulness rather than their own faithfulness to God. As Scripture says, a person's folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. And in contrast, some take their next step only after examining what God's word actually has to say about that situation. And so when things go well, they give God all the glory. And when things don't go as expected, they trust God for their next step, and the step after that, and the step after that, and the step after that, knowing that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What kind of hiker are you? What kind of Christian are you? In humility, may we take the lamp of his truth with us wherever we go. As Charles Spurgeon wrote, he says, we are walkers through the city of this world and we are often called to go out into its darkness. Let us never venture there without the light giving word lest we slip with our feet. Each man should use the word of God personally, practically, and habitually that he may see his way and see what lies in it. When darkness settles down Upon all around me, the word of the Lord, like a flaming torch, reveals my way. I love that. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, by now, you may have noticed how the lamp precedes the light. In fact, you might even say that the lamp lays the groundwork for the light to be revealed. Peter said it this way. He says, "But you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven, you are free, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His what? His wonderful light. His wonderful light. So God guides us by His lamp and leads us into His light. So what's the difference? Well, again, while well, a lamp provides only enough light for you to take your next step safely and help you to know how to take that next step safely, the light in Psalm 119 is different. In fact, in the original language, it refers to the light of day. So this light is much brighter. It helps to see the grander picture of what's going on. In fact, it helps you to see that path ahead of us that God has prepared for us. This light, then, is incredibly powerful. In fact, the light referenced in Psalm 119 is the same Hebrew word used in Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the light was everywhere. The same Hebrew word is used in Genesis 1-5. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. You see, darkness and light, they are descriptive words in the Hebrew. Darkness, well, it refers to anything that is anti, anti-God. So in the Bible, darkness refers to the wicked, Proverbs chapter 2, or to judgment, Exodus ten twenty one, or to death, Psalm 88, verse 12. As I was thinking about darkness and what the Bible refers to it and what that looks like, I think one modern day example that we all, most of us would remember is 9 who could forget the darkness of that day? Who could forget the darkness of the days and weeks that followed? You see, when sin steps in, we allow sin to have its way. We will look at others who are made in the image of God and they will have no value to us. We don't just want to diminish them, we want to destroy them. That is darkness. We saw that at 9 11. And may we keep praying for the families of those victims who fell, who died on that day. Light, very different. Light is the first of God's creative works. We see this in the Bible. Because without light, the world would exist in darkness and in utter chaos. And that's why light metaphorically is used in the Bible to describe life. Psalm 56 verse 13. Light describes salvation, Isaiah 9, verse 2. Light describes the commandments, Proverbs 6, 23, that will help to light our way. Light refers to the divine presence of God, Exodus chapter 10. Light refers to God's strength and favor, Psalm 27, Isaiah 9, 2 Corinthians 4. And so when Scripture tells us, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, it's saying... That since God's lamp has helped you to see your next step and help you know how to take that next step, you will then walk through that narrow gate into what? You will walk through that narrow gate into God's favor, into God's presence, into God's strength, into God's life, into God's salvation. Yes, all along God seeks to light your way as he whispers to your ear, this is the way, walk it what ways are you walking what path are you on really friends in this series I'm calling us to live according to God's lamplight that's why over the next 11 weeks we're going to take a look at various scriptures the ones that are given to us by you uh, members and those who attend this congregation you said this is my favorite verse that has meant so much to me in my life here's why we put these together We're going to examine week by week some of the most popular passages in Scripture. We're going to take a look at them in context, what the Bible is really saying, and see how those verses serve as a lamplight for us. Friends, I want to encourage us to walk in them together, invite people to join with you, because your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Will you pray with me? Dear Father, we thank you for your love for us we thank you that out of your love you created everything you created us all who are here in this place watching online you gave us life you gave us breath you filled us with purpose and gifts you saw value in us that we did not see in us in fact it caused your son to go all the way to the cross for us and Lord you loved us enough not just to create us and then send your son to die for us you loved us enough to give your word to us Lord, forgive us for the times we've set it aside and kind of walked our own way. Lord, forgive us for the times and perhaps their money where we treated your word like it's a reference tool. You know, I want to do this. What does your word say? Okay, I'll consider that. And then we moved. Lord, help us to walk according to your word, your lamplight, that we would step into your grace and the truth and the blessings you have for us. And that as we do, we would declare Jesus. We'd speak the name of Jesus wherever we go because he is the way, the truth, the light. That we declare him every single day and every single way through every possibility that we would shine and show Jesus because we're walking according to your lamplight. That you would receive the glory and the praise for all of it. And that people's lives would be transformed by the power of your light, by the power of your truth, by the power of your love. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.